Bonnie K. Santiago was a 56-year-old from Charlottesville, Virginia. She had seven children and was a housekeeper. In the early morning hours of July 12, 2014, Bonnie and her boyfriend got into an argument, after which Bonnie stormed out the door of the house they shared with other people. She was never seen again. I'm at Denzel, and this is Unfound. If you've watched me on the live show, or if you're on the unfound newsletter list, you know there is a saying I use to describe in general terms what we do here at Unfound. What I say is we are in the information business, not the legal business, not the prosecution business, and certainly not the theory business. Here at Unfound, we market in information, gathering it and then dispensing it to all of you through the interviews you hear on the program. This is how we believe disappearances will be solved. However, even I must admit that sometimes there can be too much information. What do I mean? Well, how many of you have gone down rabbit holes regarding some unsolved crime? If you have, that's usually a symptom of wanting data a little too much. And how many of you, when trying to find information, for example, on an unsolved murder in a small Midwestern town, end up believing the death was the work of black helicopters, the Trilateral Commission, and the Bilderbergers? This is also a sign, probably, that your information gathering has gone awry. Overall, this shows that just because you want more information and get it, doesn't mean you are getting closer to the truth. Well, in the disappearance of Bonnie Santiago, on the surface it appears to be a pretty straightforward disappearance. Then a little more information is added in. And a little more. And before we know it, we come to a point that I call an information paradox. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good's website, charlieproject.org. Bonnie Santiago lived a simple and moral life. She had seven children. Yes, seven. And was a great mother to all of them. She took care of the rest of her family, driving some of them back to Pennsylvania when they needed a ride. And Bonnie had a boyfriend who, according to all accounts, Unfound could find, treated her well. In fact, unlike many of the disappearances we cover on Unfound, you will not hear any talk in this episode of drugs or infidelity or violence. And actually, at the time of Bonnie's disappearance, everything seemed to be about as good and orderly as things could be in Bonnie's life. So, on July 11th, 2014... Bonnie drove some family back to Pennsylvania, then returned. According to her boyfriend, Javier, when she got home, they got into an argument. 
the topic of which is still unclear. However, alcohol could have been a factor. Javier said Bonnie left their house, seemingly to blow off some steam. She was never seen again. Two days later, Bonnie's phone, flip-flops, and medication were found in the van she drove, which was parked within feet of the front door of the house. In addition, police found blood, it is unknown how much, on the carpet of the vehicle. The keys to the van are still missing. Bonnie's disappearance seems to be like many we've covered in which everyone comes to the same conclusion, for very good reasons. However, certain facts of Bonnie's case make coming to a solid conclusion difficult. Thus, questions remain. Number one, if there was foul play, why would the person or persons dispose of the keys to the van? Number two, why did Javier and others on the property do nothing when they discovered Bonnie had not come back after leaving the house? And number three, could Bonnie's case be connected to a serial killer who was in the area at the time? Bonnie's family is open to many different scenarios regarding her disappearance. However, they also say that Bonnie would have never walked out of her life and away from her family. The guest for this episode is Bonnie's daughter, Gabrielle Adams. Unfound News I am very sorry to announce that my assistant Heather's husband lost his long battle with liver disease this past Sunday, December 13th, 2020. Everyone here at Unfound is heartbroken, and I'm sure many of you who have gotten to know Heather are as well. I urge all of you to reach out to her and her family in this time of need. John Dobbins leaves behind two daughters. He was 43 years old. Next, a week from now, Unfound will finish the year with update episode number seven. Yes, really, number seven. But I will take you from the beginning right up to the present as I pass along any new news that has happened since the last update episode, which came out in August 2020. And yes, this update will come out on Christmas Day. Finally, and on that point, Unfound takes no breaks. So, we are hastily working on interviews and episodes for January 2021. I think everybody will be happy to get out of this year. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Deezer, Facebook, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us on our podcast channel for the Unfound live show. All of you can talk with me, and I can answer your questions. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. This week, I need to thank Chanda and Joan. You can also contribute at PayPal, paypal.me forward slash unfoundpodcast. And do not forget the website, theunfoundpodcast.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the daughter of Bonnie Santiago, Gabrielle Adams. Gabrielle, welcome to Unfound. Thank you for having me on here. You're very welcome. Let's start here, uh, as we usually do uh, on Unfound with these interviews. Let's just start about your family as a whole. Uh, Of course, Bonnie is your mother. And how many children does your mother have? Um, She has seven all together. Wow. Um, I'm the youngest out of the seven. You're the baby. You're the baby, huh? Yeah, I'm the baby. (laughs) Okay, all right. And uh, the listeners should know I've gotten to talk to your brother, Andrew. In fact, I talked to him first uh, regarding uh, your mother's disappearance. Uh, Where does he fall in that line? Um, He's actually uh, uh, my – he's three – like two or three years older than me, so he's the – He's sixth? Yeah, he's he's the youngest. Yeah, he's he's the sixth out of out of us seven. Okay, all right. So he's just a little bit older than you. What are the uh, age ranges of your of your uh, mother's children? So you're the youngest, and uh, who is the oldest? And how how many age how many years are different? Um, my oldest brother is forty five. Okay. And my second my second oldest is. Uh, 44, so they're yeah. a year apart. And wow. then my other brother, he is 41. Mm-hmm. And then, or he'll be 41. And then my sister, or, yeah, my sister is uh, 37. And then I have another brother that, see, that's <laughs> yeah. almost 40. And then comes, my, and then it's my brother. Andrew, he's mm-hmm. 34, and I'm 30. Wow, so there's a big difference between um, you and your oldest sibling, your oldest brother, oldest, oldest brother. Yeah. Okay, you've got some years in there. I know <laughs> I know what that's like because uh, my brothers and my sister are quite a bit older than I am too, so I, I kind of know a little bit what that's like. So a lot of uh, boys and a couple gr- couple girls. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you for thank you for uh, explaining all those ages. That's pretty good that you can remember all those. That's I, I'm impressed. Uh, what kind of uh, mother was uh, What kind of uh, mother was Bonnie? Um, a strict disciplinarian or laid back? How would you explain her parenting style? Um, I would say she was kind. She was she was kind of laid back, but she also disciplined us but it wasn't like harsh discipline you know mm-hmm. but um i kind of got babied so <laughs> uh-huh because you are the, the baby that's so why. i didn't i didn't really i 
didn't really get into trouble unless I got into like really deep, deep trouble. Okay. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you get got babied. So there might have been some other siblings who might have thought she was a little tougher. Yeah, she was a little tougher on them. I'm not 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 too much, but I mean, she she was quite strict. Okay, I got uh-huh. you. All right. And so that's a lot of kids uh, there uh, with an age uh, spread quite a bit. And um, so let's uh, uh-huh. just, so uh, let's move on to this. Um, being that uh, you know when you became a, a young adult, et cetera, um, close with your mother, uh, you know enough to know what was she into, what were her interests, hobbies, what did she do for work? Um, maybe we can talk about that now. Um, well, she did housekeeping for a long, a very long time since I was, uh, a baby. Okay. And so growing up, um, I, growing up, I known her as to do housekeeping up until I was a teenager, mm-hmm. a late teenager. And then she took on, she took on a job, uh, taking care of, um, a, a close uh, friend of ours. Well, um, uh, he, yeah, she took care of him for a few years, and mm-hmm. um, and that was that was the last job she had. Okay, well, that was very nice of her. It wasn't even a family member, just a friend. Uh-huh. Well, oh. the, it was. Uh, they were actually together. They were together for a little over ten years. Oh, so they were a couple? Um, and then he got Yeah, they were a oh, couple okay. before. Okay. Um he he had an ac- he had an accident back in 96 oh, and no. um which made him uh wheelchair bound. Oh no. So, uh she took took care of him up until they broke up and then she took on a job uh taking care of him after they split up. Well, it was very. Uh, she must have a big heart to do something like that. Oh yeah. Okay, now, my mom. It... My mom was was uh, a good person, a very yeah. good person. Yeah, that had to have been tough for her, being that she was in a relationship with this guy at one time. To see him have that accident, accident, and be like that must have been tough for her. But she stepped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was very tough on her because. At the time, uh, we weren't living with her. At that mm-hmm. time, we were we were living up north mm-hmm. with um, relatives, and um, so it was. And it was. It happened um, on Christmas Eve, so it um, she couldn't come and see her, us. And then on top of that, him getting into the accident and and all that. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, I think that gives the listeners some really good insight into your mother and her being very uh, a very giving person. That's uh, good to hear. Uh-huh. Um, what was yeah. she? Uh, what was she into? Like uh, with TV shows, um, things like that. Do you have any interests, uh, hobbies, anything like that? Um, me and her used to watch just, uh, quite a bit of TV. Like we've had. Um, TV shows that we used to watch together, or like the old TV shows, like Little House on the Prairie, yeah. and yes. like all that stuff yeah. we used to watch together. Right. That that uh, of and, course. Um, yeah. Right. 
Yeah, those those TV shows yeah, were out before. Like, yeah, those TV shows were out before you were even born, Gabrielle. Wow. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, we 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 shared uh, a lot of uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, how do you want to like um, <laughs> we were very. We had a lot in common when it comes to watching, you know, okay. TV shows and stuff okay. like that. Would you say that you and your mother had a lot in common, period? Like other things that you liked and the, your, your personality? Uh, I haven't I, – I, I know I've seen your picture, you know, on Facebook because we're friends on there. But do you look like your mother? Do you have some of their, you know, the same mannerisms and things? Um, I – I don't really. I, I have some features of my mom as I've gotten older. I look a little bit like her, but I look more like my dad. Oh, okay. So, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really. There's not really a comparison there, but like with the personality and stuff, like me and my me and my mom, I think we share that that in common to like our personality because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, she raised me to to be you know, a good person and to have a big heart and to help anybody out and need like whenever they need something. And like, she, she taught me uh, a lot of good things. Yeah. Now we know we're, and we're, of course we're going to get into the details of her disappearance and we know that she was living with her boyfriend at the time. So you were not living with her, but you know, during in those, uh, you know, the, 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 maybe the year before she went missing, how often did you see her? How often did you talk to her? Um, the year before that, uh, she was actually living in my house. Oh. Um, so we basically seen each other all the time. Okay. And and you were fine with that. Uh, I have my father coming down here in a few days. So we're doing this interview on December 8th, 2020. He's going to be here in a few days. and. You know, um, sometimes when he and I are in the same roof together, things can be a little tense, but that's not the way it was with you and your mother. Um, yeah, we kind of bumped heads every mm. once in a while, but most okay. of the time we've, we always got along. Okay. So she did stay with you, and in fact, I think in a prior conversation, you told me that her boyfriend that we're going to talk about lived with you as well. He only stayed there like on the weekends. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, maybe I, I need to ask you this, being that she did live with you for a while. Uh, how how um, when she moved out? How long was that before she disappeared? Can you remember? So maybe in May of 2014. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, around there, yeah. Okay, and then after that, how often would you say that um, you saw her or talked to her? Um, I actually, well, uh, we've seen each other quite a bit even after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also spoke on the phone a lot too because that was around the time that um, I lost custody of my kids, and oh. she kept in contact with me all the time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, okay. So even after she moved out, you were still uh, seeing her. 
keeping in contact with her, which is good. Okay. Well, we've all, we've already, um, of course, mentioned him. We're going to mention him by name. His name is uh, Javier, was uh, the boyfriend uh, of hers at the time. Let's just talk about him a little bit in general. Uh, how did Javier and your mother uh-huh. meet? Um, they've met through a mutual friend of hers. Uh, um, I don't exactly know, like, the details or anything like mm-hmm. that, but... Um, I, I, all I know is that they met through her and her boyfriend. Okay, so a friend kind of set them up, kind of? Uh-huh. Okay, and at the time of her disappearance, uh, how long, uh, just roughly, uh, you know, a year, two years, how long had they been a couple when she disappeared? around like the beginning well the uh, uh, the end of 2012 I mean the end of 2011 beginning of 2012 okay and um they wasn't like really a couple couple until like uh the middle of 2012 that's when mm-hmm. it really started getting serious and then they were together for like two years all right so about but they knew each other for like two and a half years, but an exclusive couple uh, for two years. Um, being the, uh, of course, yeah. you got to know him, and then you, you know, as you already already mentioned, he kind of came and stayed at your place on the weekends sometime. How did you think that he uh-huh. uh, treated your mother? Did you get along with them? How did everybody else get along with him? Your impression of him? You had no concerns about him. You never, just as an example, um, concerned that he might have been um, hard on your mother, you know, emotionally or physically. Did you ever get the feeling, you, you personally, uh, that you know that uh-huh. he was doing anything to her like that? Um, no, I, I, I never felt like he ever physically hurt my mom or, you know, mentally or anything like that. Like, I never really felt that he would do something like that. Okay. Did you think that he was a good match for your mother? Um, yeah, I think, I, I think he was, uh, they got along perfectly. I mean, just being, being around them both, mm-hmm. like, I, I honestly thought that they got along really good. Okay. All right. So um, would you say, maybe I'll ask you this, who do you think more wore the pants in that relationship, your mother or Javier? Um, I would say my mom. Your mom? Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Uh, a lot of relationships like that, and uh, a lot of men don't mind that. That's perfectly fine with a lot of men. That's no big deal. 
All right, just wondering, just trying to get a flavor, yeah. you know, for their relationship. But it sounds to me like like uh, it was a good one. You got to see him up close during these weekends. He's under your roof. Uh, you don't uh-huh. seem to have any problems with him going uh-huh. there. So, and he's going to all these, you know, family functions. Uh, it does seem like people uh, thought he was a good match for your mother. Okay, and what was his job? Um, he worked on uh, at an orchard on Carter's Mountain. Okay. Uh, an apple orchard. Okay, so this is like a. Would you say that's a big operation up there? This apple picking. Yeah, it's it's um they have uh it's it's um not just apples, they have peaches, they have uh, oh, okay. cherries and uh, yeah, all, like it's it's really really big up there. Okay. So this would have been something though that's seasonal, right? This is like um, you know, spring to fall and then during the winter everybody's yeah. out of work or laid off or something like that. Um any idea? I don't really remember. I don't I don't really remember. <laughs> okay, that's fine. During the winter time, yeah. Okay, that's fine. So he's working uh this apple orchard um which is uh part of the United States is very well known for that's a good climate uh for growing apples and a lot of uh uh-huh. fruit and vegetables that area in West Virginia. Uh those uh Fruits and vegetables uh, do well in that climate. Okay, so let's move on to this. Now, you did say that your mother uh, lived with you for a while, but eventually she did go live with him, I guess, on the property of where this apple orchard and all this other work was being done. Maybe, first of all, you, you called it Carter Mountain. Maybe you need to explain a little bit about the area. Is it a remote area? Are there other towns around? How would you explain? A lot of woods or forests? Mountains, what would you say? Um, there was mostly mountains, considering it was, like, really high up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very close, it was very close to Charlottesville, because it was, it was in Charlottesville, but it was just, like, mm-hmm. that area was nothing but mountain. Okay. All right, and how far was this from where you were living at the time? Um, about, I would say an hour maybe. Okay. And during the time that, um, your mother had moved to live with Javier, uh, first of all, maybe how long was she living there before she disappeared? Can you remember? Uh, Um, she often stayed up there for... Um, I know she stayed at my uncle's house during, um, the 4th of July, which that was, I think, a week prior to her disappearance Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, she had stayed besides then, yeah, she had stayed about a month or so maybe up there. Okay. So did you think that was a good idea, her moving up there with Javier? Were you surprised by that? Um, no, I wasn't really surprised. Uh, because at the time, like, we really didn't have, like, you know, anywhere to live. Like, 
because I had lost my home um, okay. right after my kids were taken away from me. So we, um, I went my separate way, and she went her separate way, but I still spoke to her on the phone. So, like, okay. it wasn't it wasn't a surprise to me at all. Okay. So she goes up there. She's living there for, you know, at least a month, maybe longer, before uh, she disappeared. Uh, would you say, in talking to her after she moved there, did you think that she liked it? Um, yeah. I mean, I, she never really complained about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Okay. She she really like she's all she always said good things about being up there. So okay, did you do you remember? Once again, we have to remember. I realize this is uh, over six years ago. Um, do you ever remember her talking, having any problems with any people? Because there were other people there, not just Javier, that were living up on the mountain. We'll get into that. But did she ever talk about having any problems with any people there? Um. No, not really. I mean, there there was one person that actually would come up, go up there to like hang out and stuff and drink. Um, she didn't really like him because uh, he was kind of creepy in a sense. (laughs) And um, and uh, I know that the the day before she went miss, well later. Hours prior to that, when I had spoken to her, mm-hmm. she was a little upset because she had cleaned the house, and then when all those people came over to drink and party or do whatever, they had, uh, you know, messed up the kitchen and, and the bathroom and, mm-hmm. and everything, so... Okay. She was quite, she was kind of upset about that. Okay. Well, we're certainly going to come back to that. Thank you for pointing it out. So you could so in your opinion, there could maybe be one person that she had a problem with that kind of just struck her the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to this. Now uh, we're eventually going to be talking in detail about uh, this van that she was driving, but uh, the listeners need to understand that this van was not hers. This is somebody else that gave her a vehicle. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? How did she get that van? How long she had it? And who actually did own it? Um, she had had the van for a couple of months. She was driving it around because she had trouble with her previous vehicle that she had. She uh, had a truck, a blue truck, that she, uh, a little tiny pickup truck, and she had issues with it so her uh one of our close friends um actually let her use the van for the time being Mm. and so and then she she had it at least for a few a few months or so okay well that was nice of this friend to uh give her uh that vehicle very nice of her uh-huh. All right. Yeah. And all your mother had to do was put gas in it. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. And she was driving it. And uh, do you know if anybody else drive it? Do you think that she ever let Javier drive it, or did he have his own vehicle? Do you remember? Um. 
I do remember that. Okay. All right. So. Um. All right. So she has her van. Yeah. He has his truck, and so they have their own vehicles. Okay. So so we have all yeah. these we have these things going on. She hadn't been living there that long, but uh for the most part it sounded like she didn't mind living there. Maybe some one person was giving her a problem, not sure. So we move up to the day before uh she disappeared because it's accepted that she disappeared in the early morning of July 12th. But on July 11th, um you know, what did she do that day? You've told me that she drove to Pennsylvania. Why did she do that? And you know, why don't you tell that to the listeners? take my um a uh, few of my relatives back up to Pennsylvania um I'm not exactly sure why um because mm-hmm. <laughs> I really don't remember but um I I do remember that she took them back and then she came um right straight home okay was it common for her to drive to Pennsylvania or 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 not or what do you remember um, yeah, uh, it had been, a, a quite, quite a few years, but, um, growing up, like, we used to take, like, um, vacation or whatever, or, like, if somebody passed away or, or anything like that, family emergency, we would always, um, travel to, um, Pennsylvania. Okay. All right, and these fa- family members that she drove back there, uh, had they been staying with somebody down in Virginia, or what What was the situation there? Yeah, they, they were staying with my uncle. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so some family was in town, and then your mother, I guess, volunteered to drive them, being that she has a van. She drove them back to Pennsylvania uh-huh. and then came back uh, up there to Carter Mountain where she was living with Javier. All right. All right, so now let's. So she gets back probably sometime uh, in the evening, and uh, you know the issue now we have now is what we're going to get into is that it seems that we only have one person person's version of events, and that is Javier's. And so I just ask that the listeners remember that before we get into this. So what does Javier say? Of course, he said this afterwards once uh, your mother Bonnie went missing. But what does he say happened that evening into that night after your and into the next morning once your mother came back from Pennsylvania? What does he say happened? Um, that they basically had an argument, hmm. and okay. she walked off. She walked off. Has Javier, to your knowledge, mm-hmm. has Javier either told you or anybody else what this argument was about? Uh, no. Never, uh, never said anything. He never, you, you know, to your knowledge, he might have told the cops, but the police never told you what he said. Just as yeah, they, they never, they never acknowledged, well, they never, um, told, told me what, if, if they asked him about mm-hmm. it, they, they never, uh, spoke to me about it. So. Oh, okay, that's fine. All right, um, to your knowledge, did Javier ever say, well, being that they had this argument and he's admitting to that, and that she walked outside, did he think, does did anybody have an impression of where she could have been going? And we'll get into the van in a moment, but you know, was she going to just blow off some steam and come back inside? 
has he ever offered up any idea about you know if she's walking outside where she might have been going? No. Okay. All right. And uh, my understanding regarding all of this is that with this was actually very early in the morning of the next day of July twelfth. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. All right. So they have this argument, according to Javier, and, oh, and I should ask you this. Where they are living, are, do other people live in that house where Javier and your mother were living? Uh, yes. There was uh, four other guys that uh, that lived there. Okay. To your knowledge, once again, to your knowledge, have these other four ever stated, yeah, we remember – um, Javier and Bonnie having an argument. Has anything in that in the last six years, have you ever heard anything about any of that? No. no nobody has really spoken up about anything. <laughs> okay. All right. And, we'll, and we're certainly going to talk about that in a bit. Okay. So the understanding is that, and once again, we're just having to take one person's word on this, and uh, having covered almost 200 disappearances now, we know how dicey that proposition can be, especially when you're talking about a boyfriend of a missing woman. So we just we're not saying that Javier's yeah. lying, but we just have to we just have to state that for the record. Okay, so she comes home doing this very uh, nice thing, driving family members home. She gets back, and sometime that night they get into an argument, and Javier says that your mother went out the door and seemingly never came back. Okay. The, so later that morning, once the sun comes up, and I'm guessing everybody's um, going to be working in the orchard. It, it is, after all, July, and surely work to be done. Um, do does anybody? Does Javier? Does anybody else there? You know, start wondering. Hey, Bonnie's never came back that night. She's not here. She's not not there. Um, Anybody, you know, sound any alarms that Bonnie is not around? To my knowledge, no. Like, nobody, it it just felt like nobody was really worried about the whole situation. Okay. I I have to agree with you, having looked over uh, all the facts and having spoken to you before and actually spoken to your brother as well. That's kind of the impression uh, uh-huh. that I that I've gotten as well. So what you're saying is, once again, to your knowledge, did Javier, when he noticed that his girlfriend Bonnie wasn't there the next morning, did he try to call, uh, contact anybody in your family to see if she might have, you know, gone to one of your houses? Do you know if he tried to contact anybody uh-huh. else on the property there, looking, hey, is she at your house? To your knowledge, did he did he do any of that? No. All right. So to your once not again, we're not saying that he didn't. All we're saying is that after over six years, you just still don't know if he did anything or not. Yeah, I, I still don't know okay. any of it. Okay. And that's and I, Gabrielle, that's not unusual. I don't want you to feel bad about that. I wish you did know more, but uh, this is uh, yeah. you know this is quite common you know, in disappearances like this kind, okay? All right, so uh, I guess everybody gets up, and they just go about their business, and Bonnie is missing. 
when do uh, when does your family, maybe you, maybe one of your siblings, you know, one of your brothers, uh, somebody else, when do you start realizing maybe that something's not right? Uh, was it actually July 12th? Was it July 13th? What do you remember? Um, I I haven't spoken to her all day that day like mm-hmm. that that um because I think it was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I really don't remember because it's been so long. Okay. Um, so I haven't. I didn't speak to her all day that day, and I I actually tried to get a hold of her that evening, and the phone just kept on ringing and ringing and ringing, and then going to voicemail, and it did. Um, up in like through Sunday, and then that Monday. I had tried to contact her again, and then it would just went straight to voicemail, like her phone was either dead or it was turned off. Okay. Please. So that was when you started that's to worry. When I started to worry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, were you the first person? Now that, of course, now six and a half years later, we know Bonnie's missing. Was anybody else at the same time on that day, you know, finding out that Bonnie wasn't able to be reached? Or were you the first? Yeah, um, I, I was actually, I was the one that was actually trying to get a hold, trying to get a hold of her. Mm-hmm. And I had um, actually posted on Facebook and asked people if they had heard from her or see, seen her or you know, just thinking that maybe she was with some someone, and or you know, I I just didn't I didn't know I didn't know what was going on. So I I was reaching out to people, asking if they had seen her or talked mm-hmm. to her or anything like that, and and nothing came up. Okay. Um, at any time, did you try to contact Javier? Um, no, because I did not have his cell phone number at, uh, that time. Okay. So it doesn't sound like he tried to contact anybody, and it seems like you and maybe nobody else in your family had a number to call him, didn't know how to contact him unless you actually drove up there, uh, to the mountain. So what, what was the eventually the final straw that, uh, what happened next when nobody could reach her? Did somebody go to the police? Did somebody drive up to the mountain? What did somebody do? Um, I actually contacted Albemarle County Sheriff's Department, and I uh, filed a missing persons report to them. And uh, later on that evening, we we met up on uh, at the orchard on the mountain, mm-hmm. and. I met up with the investigators and a few police officers up there. Okay, so this would have been uh, the next day, so July 13th? The 14th was on the the Monday. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's fine. So on the 14th, which is a Monday, uh, you finally were able to get police attention, and uh, you went up there, Uh and you met the police up there. Uh, was anybody else with you? 
I had my niece up there. My niece was with me um, and a few other family members. Well, my sister. Wow. My, uh, my sister met me met me up there. Um, but my brother, he didn't come in until much later, but he met us up there also. Okay, so quite a few family members shut up there on Carter Mountain. Quite a few members. Uh-huh. Okay, and how many police yeah. officers would you say showed up? Um, there was one investigator, and I think two or three, I want to say two or three police officers. Okay. So you got four police officers there total. You have a bunch of family members there. And when you get there, do you see Javier? Do you see uh, the other workers there? Uh, what do you experience when you got there? Um, we, so we pulled up. Um, I, I think we pulled up behind the van um, when we pulled up to the house. Mm-hmm. Um, he was standing, he was standing outside, and the investigators were they, they, the investigator was already up there, considering that they were closer, and I was coming an hour away. But um, he was out there. I do remember him. Um, okay. yeah, stand, standing outside talking to the investigator. Okay. Did it seem, once again, your, your perception, did it seem like Javier or other people were a little confused about why everybody was there? Or, um, I mean, they had to know that Bonnie wasn't around, but did they seem surprised that all of yeah. you and the cops were there? Um, the Once again, the way you remember it. I, I just don't know how to put it. Like, he wasn't like, I mean, he was a little upset, mm-hmm. but he wasn't like surprised they were up there or anything like that. He was just, because he was basically, basically telling us, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what had happened and then that was it. Like, he didn't, he didn't say like anything else. Okay. In your opinion, I mean, uh, how long did you get to talk to him that day? Um, that night, I spoken with him probably, like, I didn't talk to him very long at all. Okay. I spoke maybe a few words exchange, and that was it. Okay. Uh, would you say, in your opinion, once again, this is a guy who came to your house, stayed at your house for some weekends, you got to know him. Would you say that he seemed concerned about your mother and her being missing? Yes. Okay. All right. So the police are there. They're looking around. Um, and you're there, um, of course, probably searching the area a little bit. And, of course, we know that this disappearance is still um, – you know, unsolved. So of course they did not find anything. Um, did the so the police on that Monday, the fourteenth? That's when they took the report. Uh, yeah. Okay. Did the, so the police did once again the way once again the way you remember it being that you were there. Uh, did they go into the house? 
Um, did they did they look around? Uh, were they? What do you remember? How? What were you doing? Were you just standing there? Or were you looking around as well? What was everybody doing? I was just standing there, just watching them. Like they went into the house. They had the dog with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went around the house. Obviously, yeah. Um, they picked up a few few things, but that was it. Okay. But it wasn't like, uh, yeah. So. Okay. Now, probably most importantly, uh, regarding that day being there, everything being there, is that your mother's van was there. It was parked, um, my understanding, like in the driveway or a parking lot or something right there. And it was parked right next to where she was living. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And did the police uh, get into the van while you were there? Um, yes. Okay. Please, um, they actually, please. they actually called her friend to ask permission to get into the van because they could, they couldn't get into it because, um, mm-hmm. it was locked. So they had to bust the window to get it open. Wow. And you were there to see that. Yeah. Okay. And once they broke into the van, uh, what did they see? Um, they found her belongings in there, like her bag, her medication, her um, reading glasses, um, her phone. Okay. And... Basically, that was it. That's what I remember. Okay. Uh, did they find a pair of shoes in there, like flip-flops or something? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, they did find a pair of flip-flops. I do remember that. Okay. And so it seems maybe you could draw the conclusion, maybe, that being that her phone was in there, et cetera, that if Javier is telling the truth, that you could say that maybe – she left the uh, the house that night and just went out to the the van and went inside and maybe took a snooze in the van. Just a, a you know an example of uh-huh. that. Okay. However, uh, what was also found in the van probably two distressing things. There was a blood and a footprint. Why don't you talk about those? Yeah. Um, they didn't really say anything about it until they took it in to evidence. They mm-hmm. they didn't explain to us that they had found it right away. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, did you get to see uh, and did you get to see uh, these blood stains for yourself? No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, have the police ever told you how big or small these these blood markings uh were no they they never explained to me how how much blood it was or it was just dabbles of blood like they just said that they found blood in there, and that was it okay I've also read though that they found uh, a footprint of your mother's on the windshield. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? 
Did, uh-huh. did you see it for yourself? Uh, no. They, no. Basically, they like when they went through her van, they didn't they didn't tell us like what exactly they saw until late uh, a couple days after. Okay. All right. So what you're saying is that. Um, you were there, you were there when they broke into the van, you know, you, you maybe saw some of your mother's items, but you, they were not close enough to see this blood that was, uh, uh, seen there eventually, uh, talked about. And then this footprint, uh, that was, um, up on the windshield, I guess, on the passenger side either. So you, you're just not sure about those. You just heard about those. Yeah, I, I'm... I wasn't, um, yeah, I didn't see anything. They they only explained to to what they found a couple of days after the um, when they took the van into uh, evidence. Okay. So those are some distressing things. However, uh, we must look at the other way. Maybe the blood stain, if we don't know how big it was, it might have been very small. Who knows? It might have been there for weeks. Just don't know. Footprint. Yeah. If somebody was uh, sleeping in the car, I would not be surprised to see a footprint on the windshield. Okay. So, um, however, with the keys, we should be known. Uh, it should be known that all these years later, to your knowledge, have the keys that your mother had for that van ever been found? No. All right. So they're still missing six and a half years later. That's why they had to break into it. All right. Um, so Javier was there, uh, for the breaking into the van. Do you remember how he reacted to it? Um, was he surprised? Once again, the way you remember it, was he surprised that all those things were in there? What do you think? Um, like I said, I, I don't really, like, I didn't really see, like, him react to anything. Like, he was calm, but he was he was still, like, concerned at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so he's there. He's getting questioned. Um, the van might be helpful. Uh, you know, it seems like your mother was in there, being that her phone was in there, the phone that you were trying to call was in there along with her medication, which, uh, you know, she maybe wouldn't go anywhere without that. So there do, there are some signs that your mother was in the van, you know, very possible that early morning. Okay. Speaking of your mother's phone, um, any idea who the last person uh, who, who she talked to, uh, any idea about any ping information, Uh, Have the police ever given you or have you gotten by yourself any information regarding any of that regarding her cell phone from 2014? Um, No. As as far as that information, um, they never uh, showed me any records or anything like that or pinging like Mm -hmm. to where like if they found a location like where she was before like they never give me any of that information um the only i do know that she had spoken to one of her friends i'm guessing she was the last person that she had spoke to but Mm -hmm. like i said i didn't really see any type of um uh phone records but i do know that they did go through her phone when they were there okay 
So the police know this information. You do not. And I have to tell you just publicly, it would be nice, uh, Gabrielle, if you could get your hands on that information. You may want to ask the police very, very nicely if you could see it for yourself. Yeah. Just, um, just, just the suggestion. Yeah. All right. So it seems like they looked through her phone, but obviously since this disappearance is still uh, unsolved six and a half years later, it does not seem that it put them on a um, on a path to uh, you know moving forward in this in solving this disappearance. Even though we know phones can be very very helpful. All right, let's move on to this. Being the blood uh, that was in this van, do you know if it's ever been tested? Uh, DNA, anything like that? Did they ever do that? Uh, bother to do that? No, I like I said, I don't. I they they give me very limited information. They didn't mm-hmm. really get into any details about if they tested it for DNA or anything like that. They just said that they found blood in the van, and that was it. Okay. Let's move on to this. Now, at some point, I don't know if you were there for this or not, but we can talk about it. Uh, they did bring some dogs in just to see if they could get any scent. Uh, the listeners already know that I'm not the biggest believer in dogs. Sometimes they get it right. Many times they get it wrong. But what did the dogs pick up any scent for your mother? Did they go in any particular direction? What do you know about that? Uh, yeah, they they picked up her scent. Um, I do remember that they went into the house. They uh, picked up her scent in there, of course, because, I mean, she had things in there that belonged to her also. Um, but they, they took the dogs up around, like, Uh, towards the road, the dirt road, and then up until they got to the blacktop is when they lost her scent. All right. So maybe, maybe she did really walk off, but this brings us, uh, if the dogs are right, and once again, we realize that a lot of times they get them wrong. But this moves moves us to the next point. Uh, Knowing your mother like you do, you're very close to her. Of course, you would allow her to come and uh, she stayed at your place for a while with Javier and these weekends, et cetera, very close to her. Do you believe that your mother would ever go walking off in the dark, dark up on that mountain by herself? No. Um, knowing that my mom is, she's very petrified of the uh, dark, and um, there's no way my mom, because it was pitch black up there, there was no lights, uh, and there's there, there's just no way possible that my mom would have walked off in mm-hmm. that pitch black dark. Okay, and it does sound like it's at least a little remote. You know, you start telling me it's up on a mountain somewhere, and um, if she doesn't have her phone, I don't know what she would have used to light her way. I doubt she would have taken a flashlight. If she doesn't have her phone, she's not going to have a flashlight, so... Uh, I'm inclined to, to yeah. agree with you. I don't even know your mother, did not know her, but I'm inclined to believe that it doesn't sound totally reasonable that she would walk off by herself, especially since all those things were found in uh-huh. the van. Okay. Now, something else uh, that was going on at the time, uh, I did speak to your brother about this. Maybe you know about it as well. If not, I can talk about it a little bit, is that there was a what you would call a serial killer 
in the in that county at the uh, in that county in, near Carter Mountain at the time his name was Jesse Matthews. Do you know if the police ever tried to find a connection between him and your mother's disappearance? Um, that I I don't remember. Okay. I, I I remember I I remember um like his connections with other cases, but like mm-hmm. I don't know, like I don't know if they looked into him with my mom's case. Okay. All right, because I I will um because I did do a little bit of research on this. If I could just uh, speak for a moment. Uh, if the listeners are going to remember, they will surely remember the name Morgan Harrington, who disappeared. She was a young woman who uh-huh. disappeared after going to a Metallica concert. Well, it was Jesse Matthews uh-huh. who picked her up that night, I think pretending to be some sort of car service, and then killed her. And then her body was eventually found in Albemarle County, um, you know, not far away from where uh, Bonnie disappeared. But, of course, this was a few years before your mother disappeared. But then there was Hannah Graham, who was also killed by Jesse uh-huh. Matthews. And that was, I believe, the same year that your mother disappeared. And he had a record, you know, through DNA, they were able to prove that he had raped some other women uh, in the past, uh, you know, kind of around in that general area. But he was surely uh, out of jail. He had not been caught yet at the time of your mother's uh, disappearance. But you're really not sure um, if there could be a connection. The police, you know, not sure if they've looked into that. Um, Not sure. Yeah, I'm I'm not completely sure on that. Okay. All right. So that's just something to think about regarding this. Is it possible that, you know, I hate to do too much theorizing, but he was a guy, uh, a serial killer, who was in that area of Virginia at the time of Bonnie's disappearance. Now, also, at some point, uh, maybe tell the listeners, they uh, somebody, the police, I guess, were serious about a particular suspect that they actually went to his house and dug it up. When did this happen? Why did it happen? Um, someone had, uh, I guess, went to the police and had said that, um, I'm guessing, you know, somebody had dumped her body into a septic tank Wow. And um, so they they dug up the property and they didn't find anything. So, <laughs> huh? Yeah. So I guess uh, you know we hear a lot about rumors and bodies being buried a lot on the program, as you would expect, Gabrielle. <laughs> but I guess what you're saying here is that the peep uh, the police took this a rumor or something through the grape, grapevine so seriously that they went and went to this property, got a subpoena or a warrant or whatever, and um, dug it up. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember when this was? How long after your mother uh, went missing? Uh, this was... I want to say... Um, uh, I want to say 2016, either 2015 or 2016. I can't. Yeah. I, 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 okay. I have a really 
believe that. That's fine. <laughs> I guess what you're saying is this was uh, at least a year after your mother went missing. So a considerable amount of time after she went missing yeah. that they did this. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's okay. So it seems, though, that the police were still taking tips on uh, the disappearance at that time. And they took it seriously enough that they got a backhoe out there and dug around. Of course, they found nothing. Now, but we need to understand, though, this house uh, where they dug, this property was nowhere near where your mother and Javier were were, list, uh, were living. They weren't – this was nowhere near the apple orchard. Yeah, the, that was uh, – <laughs> it, it was a, a pretty long uh, distance in between the two. Okay. And to your knowledge, uh, this person who owned this property, would this person have any connection to the uh, apple orchard at all? What you may or may not know about this person, any connection to the apple orchard at all? Yeah, that I don't know. Okay. But it's consider, uh, I, I have in my notes that this place would have been like an hour away or something. You know, nowhere, yeah. nowhere close. So, if we're to believe Javier's story that you walked off, if that's the case, how did she get, you know, an hour away? Okay. How has yeah. uh, the owner? We have to remember that this was uh, somebody's property where all these people were working, living there, working on this apple, apple orchard. How has the owner of the property treated uh, this whole disappearance? What has been his attitude? Um, very, very disrespectful. Um, we're not allowed to set foot on that property, uh, for any, any kind of reason at all. Like, it's just, it, it, it's really frustrating mm -hmm. that he would, um, act towards us like that because it's a serious situation. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's just, it just blows my mind that somebody would be that hateful towards a family mm -hmm. that's trying to uh, figure out what happened to their mother that just up and vanished off of that mountain. Uh, when you say that he's been hateful and everything, what have you ever personally talked to him one-on-one? -on -one? No. All right. I have not. Who has who has he spoken to there in your ha family? There has been workers up there, um, wor uh, workers I guess that work <laughs> right up at the store because they have like a little store and like a concession part, and there has been um, people up there saying that we're not that he's. Uh, stated that we were not allowed up there. If we if we set foot up there, that we would get in trouble uh, get in trouble for trespassing. And yeah, so wow. Yeah, that guy doesn't sound like he's being helpful at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's not. I don't like to hear that at all. But. Um, of course, he couldn't do anything about when the police for you know first showed up. You showed up looking around. Do you know if this uh, the owner of this place up there has ever offered up a theory as to what happened to Bonnie? I mean, he had to have known her 
Has he ever, ever, ever offered up a theory as to what happened to her, to your knowledge? No. Okay. No. All right. So what you're saying is that you're not allowed to go up there anymore, um, and you'll get in trouble. Anybody in your family will get in trouble if that happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's – I don't know what to think about that. Now let's bring this back to Javier, and I think a lot of people are going to be very suspicious of him. But um, he did um, – I have in my notes here – he did take a couple polygraph tests. And what were the results? Um, <clears throat> uh, supposedly he passed. All right, so supposedly he actually did pass them. Do you know uh, – happen to know yes. when they were taken? Were they taken very soon after your mother went missing, or were they taken months later, a year later? Do you even know? Um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was right after my mom had went missing. Okay. All right. So he passes these polygraphs, allegedly, and so maybe that's a good thing for him, but we know polygraph uh, tests uh, are not perfect. Do you know – I know we should – the reason we haven't used his last name is you don't know his last name. Yeah, I don't I, – wow. I don't know his last name. If I did, I don't remember. Like, I, I really don't remember. Okay. That's probably something else that you should probably ask the police if you could have Javier's last name. Um, do you know, yeah. is he still working uh, up there in Carter Mountain? Is he still up there? Is he still somewhere else? Has anybody in your family kind of kept tabs on him? Um, I, to be honest, I don't know. Um I know he stayed there like after uh after it happened and like a year after it happened, but I don't know if he's actually still there to this day. Mhm. All right, so we don't know I, and that's something else I will publicly tell you. You need to fi find out where he is. You can't just let him disappear too. All right, just in, just in case, because it might be helpful, yeah. uh, Gabrielle. Once again, I'm not saying he's lying. I'm not saying he's telling the truth. We don't know. But it would be good to know maybe in the last six years, maybe he's had some trouble with the law. It would certainly mean something if he got a new girlfriend and then you know, he got in trouble for assault or domestic violence or something. Okay, that might, you know, bring us yeah. back to him as a possible suspect. These are things uh are good to know. All right. Um Gabrielle, what's this been like for you and your six other siblings? Um I I've already stated that I got to speak to your brother Andrew. He was actually the person I talked to first. He was the one who responded to my message and I've enjoyed getting to know him. But uh what's this been like the last Six and a half years. How have your your family reacted to it? Your siblings. How has the rest of your family? If your you know if your um, mother has brothers and sisters, how has everybody reacted to this? Um, it's it's been really rough on us the past six years. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
like, um, like every holiday, Christmas, birthday, just, it's been really rough. And now that it's uh, around the holidays, it's, it's really, really rough to not have her around. Right. I have to ask, uh, being that we know that you stated that the the reason your uh, mother Bonnie even knew Javier is because of this friend who, friend who introduced them. Uh, has this friend you still talk to this friend of of um, Javier's of, of Bonnie's, and has she uh, ever offered up a theory as to what happened to your mother? What do you know? Have you ever talked to her? in contact with her every once in a while. Um, she moved out of state. She doesn't live around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I keep in contact her in contact with her on Facebook. Um, but she really hasn't like really said anything. Like um, mm-hmm. she has she, like she doesn't have a theory to what like actually happened to her or you know do you know if she keeps in contact being that she was the one who knew Javier in the first place do you know if she keeps in contact with Javier um uh that I don't know like um the I know her boyfriend uh it was really good friends with him, but mm-hmm. she's not with that person anymore. Oh, okay. They split up a while back, like a couple years back, so yeah. Okay. All right, so that may be a way to get back into figuring out where Javier is and uh um figuring out, you know, where he is, if that might be helpful, you know, all these years later. Um, you do have a Facebook page. That's uh, originally how I was able to reach uh, your brother Andrew. Why don't you give out the um, the name of the page right now, Gabrielle? Um, of my mother. Yeah. It's um, a bring Bonnie home. That's that's what it's um, the the Facebook. Okay. Um, it's called the, okay. Her Facebook, the, the page. Yeah. Okay. So it's Bring Bonnie yeah, Home, and that's, yeah. once again, I've I've been to it. Uh, that's how I. Uh, that's the the place I messaged. Okay. So I hope everybody and I will have posted that um, in different places before this episode comes out. It's called Bring Bonnie Home. All right. Uh, Gabrielle, any final words before we complete this interview? Um, I just, uh, hope that maybe this will bring something, you know, some something, like, if anybody knows anything, like, I just hope that this will, I don't care if it's a small piece of information or whatever, I just, I hope that, um, we can find any kind of clues to what had happened or, you know. Okay. All right, Gabrielle. Well, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. We'll keep in touch. I will keep in touch with your brother Andrew as well, of course. 
Uh, I hope we can continue to talk, and I hope, of course, that this episode does move um, this investigation forward. I do think that there are some things that uh, your family can do, um, you know, within the, you know, maybe uh-huh. maybe not over the holidays now, but maybe in the next year at some point um, that maybe can gain you uh-huh. some more knowledge, um, maybe some things that you should know that you don't. And, um, you know, we'll continue to talk. And I can give you uh, some tips on how to make those things happen. So uh, it's been uh, nice talking to you tonight on this episode of Unfound. Thank you. Uh, It was nice talking to you, too. And that was my interview with Gabrielle Adams, daughter of Bonnie Santiago. I thank her for joining me and all of you on the program. In addition, I want to thank Bonnie's son, Andrew who was my original contact, I got to speak with him as well. On the surface, this disappearance appears to be like many Unfound has covered. In fact, we've covered a few just within the last two months that seem to have happened like Bonnie's, Angela Green, Marion Hurley, or if you'd like to go back much further, Rosemary Rapp, Julie Early, Charlotte Paulus. All disappearances in which husbands or boyfriends claim the women in their lives just walked off. One of the most common disappearance types out there. No doubt about it. And we know what we think. As for Bonnie's, Javier says they got in an argument and she walked out the front door. Never to be seen again. So, once again, like all those others, we instantly become suspicious of the man, Javier, in this situation. However, in reality, and very technically, Bonnie's disappearance is not like those others. First, there were other people in the house at the time, very much unlike those other disappearances I just mentioned. Second, there is evidence that Bonnie was in the van flip-flops, medication, her phone. Thus, it is at least conceivable that Bonnie really did go out to the van when she walked off, backing up Javier's story. Third, Javier's story seemingly hasn't changed, unlike Will Hurley's and Jeff Green's, etc., etc., etc. The problem, as you heard Gabrielle say, she doesn't believe her mother would have ever walked off in the middle of the night. And, of course, would Bonnie really do that without her phone? That's hard to imagine. Thus, we have an issue. Why? Because the usual thinking is the more information we have, the easier it is to be assured of what happened in a disappearance. However, this is not the situation with Bonnie's. What do I mean by that? Well, if we only had Javier's word and nothing else, we would surely think he harmed Bonnie. No doubt about it. Yet we do have more information. All that stuff found in the van. And really, to use a horrible cliche, it raises more questions than answers. And I'm not sure the belongings make it any more likely that Javier did something to Bonnie. Maybe you even think they make it less likely. 
So then, where does that leave us? I think we'd all feel much better if we knew more about the phone records. I think we'd all be able to come to firmer conclusions if we knew Javier's last name. And maybe some of you want to know exactly where Jesse Matthews was on July 12th, 2014. Yep, all great information. But maybe they'd just create more paradoxes. I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.